It's taken years and years. Everyone's blessed with one special thing. Thousands of listener requests for more local programming on the weekends on 710 ESPN. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And more cam bros on the radio. You all know exactly who I am. Say my name. And now, after hosting the popular late night happy hour on Twitter during the pandemic. So, so successful was the late night happy hour that we already have a spinoff. You You get to do it on actual radio. We've given the people what they wanted. Say my name. The Kamenetsky brothers have their own show. to the Saturday Morning Happy Hour with Andy and Brian Kamenetsky. Oh, what a day. What a lovely day. It's fun. It's smart. It's the most fun you can have on a Saturday morning. Um, it's actually pretty nice little Saturday. Time for your Saturday Morning Happy Hour. Right, right now. now. Hey, everybody, 710 ESPN. It's the Kamenetsky Brothers, Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. And Andy, I've said it before. And I'll say it again, I always used to laugh at Chris Morales' gigantic extended intros and uh, and all that. But when they're about you, I kind of like them. I wish oh, it was longer. There's no such thing as long enough. I would be willing to have an opening segment of just imagery. Just that. When it is all just self-regaling. Like, it's pretty yes, amazing. it's fantastic. When you, when you are the center of it all. Like, it does not mm-hmm. in any way feel like overkill. No, no, that needed to be longer. Um, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, it's the Saturday morning happy hour, uh, 9 to 11 every Saturday. Um, a lot to talk about today on this Father's Day weekend. Uh, we've got Jordan Rodrigue uh, from The Athletic talking about uh, the NFL and the Rams and this interesting thing where they're going to add more people to – uh, training camps with hard knocks, and we'll figure out exactly how the NFL is planning on getting going anyway. That's at 9.30. 10.30, we're going to talk baseball with Pedro Mora from The Athletic. It's the double athletic show, Andy. We call that the Sliwa. Hey! Um, and... <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, but... Yes. <laughs> but neither are in the can, just so people know. No, no. no neither are in the can. Nobody supports The Athletic more than... I don't know if Alan subscribes to The Athletic. I don't think he needs to at this point. Nobody does more uh, to pump up the work of The Athletic than no, Alan Sliwa. Nobody... Appreciate I, it. And by the way, that includes you and me, and you and me actually... Oh, and we create, work for we, we work for The Athletic and write for The Athletic and do a lot of yep. content for The Athletic, and we pale by comparison to Sliwa in terms of uh, creating awareness of that site. Somebody should get him a shirt or a hat or a sweatshirt or a hoodie. Uh, get that man some merch. Um, but a lot to cover today, uh, including a giveaway. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as the show goes along. Some really, uh, really cool stuff that we'll be giving away this week and next week. And hopefully as well, at least we'll try to do it on the uh, weeknight show as well. Uh, but I want to start here, Andy. You're excited, Andy, about the return of sports, aren't you? Like, yes. you want to you get these things back out of the field, yes. right? You're like the rest of us, aren't you? Desperately um, so. Yeah. I am just like all y'all out there listening right now. Uh, okay, it was a bad week for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really bad week. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go down the list. And I, I, again, not trying to be a downer here, but it is important that we all understand the world that we're living in. Um, two teams Friday, uh, Toronto and Philadelphia, shut down their spring training facilities after – 
uh, tests among players and staff revealed positive tests for COVID-19. The Giants uh, had a, a, I believe it was a staff member who was showing symptoms and had been in the camp, so they shut theirs down. The Rangers shut theirs down to beef up uh, coronavirus protocols. And then by this morning, all of Major League Baseball had shut down their their, their spring training camps uh, to clean, to reassess, and all these other things. So all the facilities are temporarily closed. 28 positive tests among Clemson athletes, 23 uh, just from the football team. Uh, that's important, obviously, when you start to consider the return of college football and the return of pro football. It's about 300 athletes. Uh, but again, 23 of those were from uh, the football team and 23 out of 300 is higher than the national um, positive test rate. 11 NHL players have tested positive since reopening facilities um, f- uh, after coronavirus uh, you know, restrictions were put in place. Um, the NHL has been doing this for about two weeks. 11 of 200 players have tested positive. That's a little bit above the national average as well for positive tests. You need to be below 5% to see the thing going down. Above it is going up. Uh, Nick Watney became the first to test positive on the PGA Tour, and he had to pull out of the event this week um, because of that. Case numbers, Andy, are rising in Florida and Arizona, two places that are very prominent in sports restarts. It's in this context that we're talking about the NBA coming back, trying to figure out how baseball can't even get to this problem yet because they're still arguing about money. But the NFL, you know, it's starting to get towards training camps, starting to get towards mini camps. This is the context in which we're doing this, and it shows just how hard it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that Dr. Fauci keeps talking about the need to do things in a bubble. And he strongly recommended that the NFL attempt to find some type of bubble of its own for the time being. The NFL is looking to try to present this in as normal a fashion as possible, you know, they, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. The Patriots just sent out, um, uh, an email to all of their season ticket holders, letting them know that high COVID risk season ticket holders can not show up this year without forfeiting their season tickets for 2021, which for, you know, on one hand shows them being proactive in terms of recognizing the risk at play. But the underlying part of that messaging is, we are expecting other people who do not consider themselves at risk to be in our building. So for the time being, the NFL is trying to yeah, have in some way, shape or form. Right. They're trying to have something that resembles normalcy as much as possible. We've heard well, they, count yeah. I, again, as much as possible. We've heard sure, I, countless, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. We've had countless uh college football coaches talk about how their expectation is to be playing games with fans in their stadiums, you know, and they've got more of a timeline in terms of we're not anticipating the opening of this for, you know, more right. months. I think from that's, now. that's important. The NFL right. and, and college football, they can at least pretend that right. they, they, they can have project, to make the restrictions yet. Right. They can project the wishful thinking all that they want, but I think it's becoming more and more apparent that the NBA's plan, and by the way, We've yet to see some of these, you know, wrenches thrown in the works with the NBA because since things haven't started up, we haven't had the testing of NBA players, you know, at mass. And perhaps those will reveal, a fit, you know, an alarming amount of positive tests as well. But that format, that setup that the NBA is doing, if nothing else, just feels the most realistic 
towards acknowledging what this virus is, how contagious it is, and that in order to make this happen, you have to throw normal out the window. You have to acknowledge a certain economic loss. You have to acknowledge you're not going to be able to do this in even close to the most ideal way possible because science isn't going to cooperate. Biology isn't going to cooperate. We were laughing earlier in the week, and look, it's you can laugh at certain things even in the middle of all this stuff that's going on. Like it, the rules down to ping pong, like no doubles ping pong. Like the NBA is watching. There will be no doubles ping pong if you play cards. The cards must be thrown away. Um, we'd like you to sit six feet apart from each other. We know you probably won't when you play cards. So at well, least you really. Can't. I mean, let's be like, honest. You really can't when you play cards. Well, it's hard. Like, it's hard to deal. It's like it's exactly. really that's, hard to no, deal that, that far. It, that's a that's, big circle. That's my point. You have to be at basically like a King Arthur style table and dealing from social distancing six feet away. It, you're going to end up with cards flipping over. Like if anybody ever, who ever, plays like poker, all, yeah. right? Anybody who plays poker in a home game knows it's hard enough to prevent a missed deal at a normal table with people sitting next to each other, you start playing at a table that requires social distancing, you're not going to be able to play the game. That's too hard. Right. So please wear a mask. I mean, all the, and so we laugh at it. But at the same time, this is why the NBA's rules have to be so restrictive. It's because, you know, particularly while, and I don't mean Orange County, California, I mean Orange County, Florida, where, where Orlando is located, cases are going up. And it's not just the positive... No, the raw number of cases, it's the positive test rate is going up in, in Orange County in Florida. And that doesn't necessarily mean, I don't think, that the NBA can't stage this pandemic end of season slash playoff thing. But it does mean that if they're going to do it, the, the rules have to be, you cannot leave. If you are someone from the outside, unless you're one of these Disney employees and stuff like that, where they have to make certain concessions because you can't, you know, that otherwise it's not going to work. Like logistically, you won't be able to have the support staff there. If, if you're one of these people, if you're a media member and you're outside the bubble, you can't come in. You can't be near a player. You can't have family. This is why, because forget the second wave. We're not done with the first one in a lot of these places. And that's the, the context in which this is taking place. Look, sports is supposed not, to be, yeah, sports is supposed to be fun. And I think ultimately having these games back will be fun for the people who have the ability to watch this from their homes. Right. For the actual uh-huh. people involved in putting on this entertainment for us. I mean, like you want to, this is the first yeah. time ever where the athletes become like the equivalent of the first responders. Thank you for your service. Like, I mean, really, because they're all. No, but you, you know what? Stop. Stay there for just a second because. This dynamic that we are as like where the the country is going versus what we're asking athletes to do is a fascinating dynamic, and I want to talk about that next. Again, Jordan Rodriguez coming up in about twenty minutes. To talk NFL. Um, we got some giveaways for later in the show. It's a Saturday morning happy hour with the Kamenetsky brothers, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, seven ten ESPN. You're listening to the Saturday Morning Happy Hour with the Cam Brothers. Unfortunately, he discovered too late that hermano in Spanish meant brother. Live and local on 710. Now Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 a.m. after Dr. Clapper. Oh, do you think so, doctor? This is the Saturday Morning Happy Hour on 710 ESPN.
All right, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It's the Saturday morning happy hour. I just tweeted out, Andy, a picture of, oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I did. Of, <laughs> I was like, wait, what did I just tweet out? No, I did tweet out a picture of what we're giving away today. It's a really cool LeBron James uh, collectible like figurine. It's 12 inches. It's, it's not a bobblehead. It's this really cool thing from small. The company's called smallstars.com and it's LeBron James and it's really cool. And we're giving one away. You can check it out at Cam Brothers. We'll be doing that during the 10 o'clock hour over the phones. Uh, 877-710-ESPN is the number. So you want to write that down. Um, Basically, the way it's going to work is we are opening up the phones whenever 877-710-ESPN. And based on the strength of your call, we will decide whether or not you get the LeBron yep. James small star. We're, we're going to play God, Brian. But yep. so people know. That's my favorite game. Yes, we are going to play God. But just to reassure the people in the 10 o'clock hour, we are much more New Testament God than Old Testament God. Like, we're, we're not maybe, looking maybe to. you are. I'm oh, pretty wow. vengeful. Wow. I am feeling vengeful this morning. Well, Don't tell I, me what kind of. Don't tell me what kind of God I am, Andy. Right, Brian. I just want to make sure you're people not the, understand. You're not the boss. You're not the boss of me. You, you, right, but I just want to make sure people <laughs> understand that somebody will get the figurine if you scare right, people off from. I'm going to give it time. away. Yeah, I know. I, I just understand, but I just want to make sure people understand that. Yes, just that <laughs> like, if they cross me, they're not getting it. Sure, that's the but, thing. If you make this sound a little too, Again, you know, fire and brimstone, folks are going to be afraid to no. call in, and that defeats the purpose. Maybe, maybe, or it's the brave soul who does that deserves this bobble, uh, not bobble, this figurine. Um, you know, instead of softies like you. But again, just because you're the older brother doesn't mean you get to tell me how, what kind of God I get to play. You can check it out, by the way, small-stars.com. Um, and at yeah, Cam Brothers, I, I just, we, and I just, we, right, I just tweeted it out. It's, it, they're really cool. They are really cool. Um, and so we've got some uh, LeBron James, which are giving away today. We've got Anthony Davis. Um, so we'll be doing this uh, for a couple weeks where people can uh, try to get themselves one of these very cool figurines as the NBA season starts going. And speaking of that, Andy, um, we talked about all of these warning signs, these red flags that are going up around the country when it comes to the restart of sports as society is sort of opening. I think, would you agree that we've kind of decided as Americans that we're done with the like pandemic restrictions? We're just sort of over it. We've all decided that it's like, I I don't remember voting, but yeah, here's the thing we have and we haven't because, and, Mm -hmm. and the example I will give of we have, but we haven't, is on Thursday, AMC, the theater chain, announced uh, their plans for reopening. And part of that plan was they would encourage filmgoers to wear a mask and their own employees would be wearing a mask, but they would not require people to wear a mask upon entering the theater. And one of the reasons that they said was they did not want to wade into what has become a politicized issue. It should not be politicized, but it has become politicized, that is, impossible to debate. And when I saw that news on Thursday, I tweeted out, this seems like both a bad health and business decision on the part of AMC. And less than 24 hours later, AMC reversed course and said, everybody will be required to wear masks in their theater. Because I mean, it's, it's stupid because not wearing a mask is just as political a statement. If you wanted to find it that way as 
wearing one. Like, you know, well, that's a policy for one or the other. Right. But I, I when people talk about this as a politicized issue, if we're being honest about this, we are talking about the act of wearing a mask. I mean, of not wearing a mask. Correct. Versus wearing not, wearing, not wearing a mask. But I'm saying when you make a, a when you mandate it one way or the other, either way you choose. If you're if you're conceding that mask wearing is a political statement or is a political issue, then no matter which side of it you come down on, you're coming down sure. on one side of the political but issue. The but point, Andy, we, the, 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 but, being, the, but but yeah, I know. But I, I understand what you're saying. That the point AMC being is, said, you know, we are going to we're going to make right. Make and, and the Jesus reason that they the reason they did that though is because there are enough people that said if you don't require people to wear a mask, I'm not entering your theater. So I think we've but reached the point, a point. But the, the larger point, I, but I even think the larger point is theaters are opening. Restaurants are opening. All these right. places are actually open. Like a month and a half ago, the idea of AMC even being in the position where they're going to say, we're going to open our theaters seemed like a long way off. We were talking about it could be, you know, the fall. It could be the winter before movie theaters are open, before these large indoor places are open for people. And in a lot of places where this is happening, states, um, including, I believe, California, at least in a lot of places, states aren't actually meeting either the federal guidelines or their own guidelines for these phase one, phase two, phase three, whatever it is, just sort of going ahead and doing it because Americans have decided more or less that it's time to do this stuff. In the, it's in there where the only people that we are now asking to go back into heavy quarantine are athletes because we want our sports. So like the NFL, we heard Dr. Fauci talking about it uh, earlier this week. Um, we've seen some of the plans. You saw those really those cool helmets that they might have to wear where everybody yeah, looks like, like playing Halo. They're they're I don't know how you play football in them, but they're really cool looking like those guys might have to quarantine for the entire season. And you can't compress the NFL season into, you know, four or five weeks shorter to accommodate that because all these guys will get hurt. Um, so like you have to get, like, we're talking about an entire NFL season where players might have to live inside of a bubble when, the, you know, their, their families would have like the, the amount of restrictions that we'd be asking these players if we want COVID to not run through locker rooms is incredible. NBA, we're asking these guys to go into a quarantine for three months. Baseball is going to have to be the same way. So we can have our sports. Like this is, I mean, people have to understand, like this is the trade that we're demanding of our athletes so the rest of us can feel normal. And it's very weird. And I don't care how much money these guys make. We are asking a lot of these guys. Well, particularly women, the guy. you know, the, the, the women that go, you know, the IMG, you know, WNBA starting at IMG in July. Well, particularly what we're asking a lot of is the athletes who don't get paid. And we're starting to see that reaction from, for example, UCLA. There was this big story yesterday yep. that, you know, the players on Thursday had conferred amongst themselves and it had come, it had come out according to um, an email obtained by the LA Times that there was a lack of trust among the players in terms of the school looking out for them, in terms of Chip Kelly in particular looking out for them. They, quote, they did not trust UCLA to act in their best interest. Um, they were demanding a third-party health official to be on hand for football activities to see that the protocol for COVID-19 prevention was being followed. Since then, um, it's been walked back a little bit, and 
Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, their quarterback, had said that this had been blown up in ways that weren't totally accurate uh, in terms of this getting out to the L.A. Times. And, you know, that that he and he specifically did not uh, feel that Chip Kelly uh, didn't have their trust or anything like that. But there was a there was a quote in this L.A. Times story that really stood out to me that a player said uh, to the L.A. Times, we put our lives at risk every single time we put on that helmet. Now with this, what people don't understand, they say there's a 0.1% chance of someone dying. But the last time I checked, that 0.1% has to be somebody. We're coming, we are going to come to a point where a college football player will literally have to die from COVID-19 for people to understand what's going on. I hope it doesn't reach that point. And there, there's so much of a narrative when it comes to athletes that, you know, these are young, healthy, exceptionally, you know, exceptionally built for these times in terms of people who could, in theory, contract COVID and recover from it. But we forget that, you know, these are not theoreticals. These are actual people. And either way, they have to go through it. And either way, they're going to be scared for their own safety if they end up contracting. It's it's not – I don't understand why – we do this with with – police issues and, and, and issues of police uh, abuses and things like that. We focus only on deaths and we don't talk enough about the day-to-day sort of stuff like being pulled over negative, you know, the, the negative interactions with police that minority communities routinely uh, have to undertake it, it, it being infected with COVID-19 and not dying is not the only consideration that whether a college athlete or a pro athlete has to consider it's, you know, do you spread it to other people? Do you take it home? Do you, you know, do you live with your grandparents? Do you like all of these things? Can you go? And there is some evidence at least that coronavirus can stay in the lungs for a long time. It can damage the lungs. Like if you're an athlete, you know, you have designs on going pro, you want to, or just want to have an athletic life right. for the rest of your life. This stuff can impact right. you. You, you worry in you ways worry where that, you don't have to die, right? You worry that you are basically taking on a pre-existing condition that, like, you are going to deal with what Javale McGee deals with in terms of managing his asthma as a professional athlete. And you know, Javale's obviously done a good job with that. Or Larry Nance Jr. with Crohn's disease; he's been dealing with that for years as a professional athlete, and he's managed to make it work. But it's not easy. But those it's certainly not and those ideal. Are, and those aren't elective. Like right. they, those exactly. guys, did, you know, they're not. They're not being ma- made to be put into a situation where they could get. They don't have it now, and we're asking them to right. risk. Javale McGee did not enter an asthma pandemic <laughs> voluntarily. Like this is something that he unfortunately was born with and has had to manage. But nobody, right? This nobody would and under I, normal circumstances opt into a potential situation like that. And so it is the, the, it's important to remember what it is we're talking about when these guys say college athletes, pro athletes, whoever it might be. I'm a little nervous about going here. I don't want to play. I'm not big on this bubble thing or whatever that as a fan, you have no right, no right to look at them and say, you're being selfish. You're, you don't care enough. You're, 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 you're just a rich athlete who doesn't care enough. Stop, stop that now because you're going out to the restaurants. You're, you know, 
figuring out ways to, to go into society. And now you're turning around and asking these guys for your entertainment on a Sunday or a Saturday to stay in, you know, to, to, to quarantine themselves from their families for three, two, three, four, five months. So stop that now. Um, Jordan Rodriguez going to join us next, Andy, talking about the NFL and hard knocks coming to both the Rams and the Chargers. How is that going to work? We'll ask her. I don't know. Yeah. We will ask um, her. That's next. That is next. Uh, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Saturday morning happy hour, 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Saturday morning happy hour with the Cam Brothers. It was between the brothers, Cam. This is the Saturday morning happy hour on 710 ESPN. All right. So, Andy, um, during the week, Tony Fauci, who's sort of the, the, uh, I think America's spokesperson on coronavirus mentioned that, uh, the NFL might, if they're going to get through an NFL season, the, the, like everybody might have to quarantine the whole time. Like all of it. Yeah. Take the NBA bubble, uh, plan and apply it to all sports. But in particular, the right. NFL, he recommended that football in general, uh, recommends some sort of bubble format in order to get through this as COVID free as possible. Right. And so that doesn't sound fun for anyone. And that is a, it's a, it's a potential complication for the NFL as we get closer to, uh, the season starting. And we might actually get an up close look at what exactly that means and how the NFL is fighting coronavirus, um, uh, keep to try to keep it out of their, their training camps and, and away from their teams. Because Hard Knocks is actually going to be with the Rams and the Chargers this year, should the NFL have a training camp. Um, and she wrote about it this week for The Athletic. Um, oh, I was about to bring her on, but we lost Jordan Rodriguez. Jordan Rodriguez is going to join us as soon as we can get her back. This thing, like under normal circumstances, Andy, GMs, teams hate, hate having Hard Knocks around. It's usually only when you want some good PR when you need something uh, to kind of raise the profile of your team. Well, here's what's really interesting in particular. I was going to say what's interesting in particular with the Rams is you often get this when you are moving to a new building or moving to a new city, which explains why the Rams will have been on hard knocks now, I believe twice in the last five uh, years. Because they remember there was a hard knocks. There was a hard knocks when they moved to L.A. And the Chargers will be on there because nobody knows that they're here. Um, and so yeah, it's you know, to raise awareness teams. that they're still in the league. <laughs> right. It's like a GoFundMe. Um, so you got two teams now who are going to be on it in the, in some of the strangest circumstances of all time. And now joining us right now, Jordan Rodriguez from the athletic, uh, brand new Rams beat writer. Thanks so much for coming on and congratulations and welcome to town. Thanks, guys. I'm really, really stoked to be here. Um, you know, I've been listening to you guys for a while and uh, excited to be on, excited to be joining uh, my favorite city here uh, in about a week. Yes, yeah, so I like the. Let's stick on the part where you enjoy our work. Um, we are very <laughs> yes, keep regaling us, Jordan. We're here right. for that. It's important as you as you come into the market to understand that we are the most important and powerful people that you're going to encounter. Don't listen to what anybody else says. It's us. Okay. Oh, that's why, that's why I am making nice. Cause I just heard you guys are the real power players. And, um, you know, I need to make sure yes. that 
I kiss enough butt before I actually set foot down on the West Coast again. I was going to say, exactly. well, you, know, you have not arrived yet. And we can make we, yet a very long time from now, Jordan. <laughs> Just saying, we, we have that ability. We know people. So, you know. Just keep that in mind over the next, like, you know, seven, ten minutes, something like that. I'm shaking right now. I'm I'm shaking. Never meet your heroes, kids. (laughs) (laughs) And see, Andy was telling me earlier that I'm not a vengeful guy, but it turns out we're both. Um, So what is how how did this happen where in the middle of of the pandemic and probably the least ideal circumstances to be part of? of of something like hard knocks that the rams and the chargers ended up on hard knocks yeah one word and that word is marketing um you know football people by rule and you you guys know this well um football people don't like having the cameras around players don't always like having the cameras around you know at times it's fun but players don't always like to have sort of that worry that they're they're state secrets are going to come out and teams don't like that, um, especially, you know, during the roster tweaking or game planning process, um, feeling like other teams or, or people across the league will know their secrets. Um, and so this is definitely a heavy marketing push, uh, not just for SoFi Stadium, but I think benefiting, and I, I liked what you said about a, it being sort of a GoFundMe for the Chargers, because I think that's accurate. I mean, you know, Tom Salasco said straight up he wasn't, he didn't go out begging for this show. Um, but probably powers above him were, were very excited about having this show. And, and it, they really doubled down on sort of the marketing push of all of it because they didn't even commit to showing the reality of this pandemic. Um, you know, I asked them, are you guys going to, I asked producers and the coaches, will you guys be comfortable showing and being transparent about the reality of the situation, including testing, including what if a player finds results, um, what precautions, or will you guys be taking and, you know, how are you going to show sort of the unsung heroes keeping everyone safe and, and clean or as clean as they possibly can. And they couldn't commit to whether they're going to show that. And so I'm like, all right, well, this is all going to be a lot of marketing. It sounds like, and um, I get it. You have no in-person events at SoFi now um, to sort of show it off once it's done. And so you have to make up for it another way. And, and I get that, but, um, yeah, this is this is very much, I think, what it appears to be. <laughs> I mean, the, beyond just the idea, uh, Jordan, of the transparency in terms of handling COVID during training camp and, you know, as the NFL looks to launch again, how committed do you think they are in terms of just, you know, heels in the ground of we are absolutely going to have fans in the stadium. We are absolutely going to try to make this as relatively normal as possible, as opposed to some other sports around the league who've abandoned that? Yeah, I think the NFL has sort of, um, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I would never say this about the NFL, but the NFL is playing it a little smart right now. Um, and now my tongue is burning. Um, but, you know, it, it's <laughs> they're, waiting for, they're waiting for other teams to basically fail in their planning, and then they're going to see if they can figure out a better solution. And they have the advantage. They've had the advantage of the last year uh, almost, you know, to kind of see or since January, since we first started seeing headlines overseas about the pandemic, um, to sort of wait and see and watch in other leagues that were active at the time, how they dealt with it. The NBA 
um, how Major League Baseball was going to convene or not convene its quote-unquote training camp, you know, its spring training workouts and its, and its me- and winter meetings and whatnot. And they waited and they, and, you know, now college football and they're trying, they're seeing how teams are either able or not able to do these things. And I think that will dictate much of the final say. I mean, we keep hearing that in these meetings um, with, you know, chief medical officers, with the NFLPA, with different um, league officials, that there is no set protocol still. Everybody, you know, Sean McVay was saying, you know, this information is changing every week. We're getting different information every week on on precaution and protocol. And so I I really do think the NFL is waiting and seeing, okay, how is everybody else going to fail at this? Can we have a better plan? And, you know, worst case scenario, if we don't have a better plan, then we're going to have to uh, shut things out to fans, et cetera. Uh, We're talking to Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic, covers the Rams and the NFL. You were, you, you were, uh, instrumental in sort of telling the story of, uh, of of the video that was made with you know Pat Mahomes and Ezekiel Elliott and Odell Beckham and so many other players that really got the NFL to change course in how it talks about uh, protests and, and social justice and all of these issues. So it was a really remarkable moment in player empowerment. How do you think the 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 continuation of that will play out when the NFL and the Players Association? finally have to get to sitting down and figuring out what the rules are going to be um, for, you know, how they're going to get through this season, whether it's a, a full-on quarantine or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think that's going to be crucial. That's a great point that you bring up because the players have finally um, sort of started to understand um, on a public level. I mean, this is talked about in like group messages and, uh, you know, dinner conversations and in the locker room. I mean, you know, we have, we really have so much power, we need to use it. But this is something where now publicly, um, it was proof and not just proof, but also backing behind Roger Goodell under his nose within his own office to work independently to help empower mm-hmm. these players because they do have the power. The league runs off of them. And so I, I absolutely think that's going to be crucial, but there also needs to be a consensus as to what players are comfortable doing. And that's going to be a little bit trickier because, you know, you, you see the same thing. Um, and, you know, I hate to bring up concussions, but you see a similar thing. There's a, a very proven risk involved and there is a large percentage that's willing to sort of uh, accept and understand the risk because, um, it's a bottom line, and it, it, it's, it's a paycheck, it's a livelihood, it's a passion, it's a, a dream live. And so that's going to be a tricky thing to navigate and to balance. Um, you know, I wonder, you know, I wonder what the NFLPA will bring in in terms of, of safety precautions. Um, I would imagine that they would have some independent consulting come in. Um, but it, it sounds like from the statements that were released this week, it sounds like they, you know, the PA and the NFL itself, they are determined to have a football season. And so now it becomes about safety precautions. And then it also becomes about players speaking up. And you're seeing that at the college level with UCLA yesterday, that great LA Times story. Um, you know, you are seeing players start to recognize the power that they do have. And if there's something that they're passionate about, in this case, they should be player safety, especially with so much unknown, um, then you are going to start to hear a lot of people speak up. Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic. She covers the Rams and the NFL. I have a feeling we're going to be having uh, a few different versions of this conversation 
a lot between now and when training camps are supposed to open. Thank you so much for uh, and congratulations, we'll Jordan. Congratulations. Uh, we've decided you can move here. Yep. Yeah, I am so excited. And you know, if you guys don't uh, physically come barricade me in my apartment here in Charlotte and prevent me from moving, then I will be there soon. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, we 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 have people who can do that for us. We don't have to actually fly out there. But, but we're not going to make um, the call. Like we're actually going to let our our mutual editors over at the Athletic know it's cool. Like you can come now. Like it, it's it's all good. They they they've been good. waiting. They've been waiting ultimately Just, for us to give the permission. So congratulations. Oh, Just remember the first six weeks approval. are a probationary Do I get a period. Could, yeah. could you guys send me a patch you, for like my, my jacket? <laughs> Don't let Jordan, you get a patch. Jordan, let's let's walk before we run. Yeah, like, like settle down. We're, we're, you're not at a patch yet. Come on. Like, just, nor- just be ha- just be happy with your LA area code. Yeah. Don't don't push this thing yet. Don't be right. And normally we would teach you the handshake, but we're not allowed to do that right now. So, um, Jordan Rodriguez, thanks so much. We'll do this again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. So there's a lot. There's a lot to get into off of this, Andy. And we, we can take some calls eight seven 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 ten ESPN. I. Th- th- it's got to start to get real now for people as to what this is and how difficult it's going to be to play games in this country. So let's, let's talk about that next. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Saturday morning happy hour, 710 ESPN. This is the Saturday morning happy hour on 710 ESPN. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back with the Cambros. A reminder, during the next hour, we not only will we be talking to Pedro Mora, Andy, of The Athletic about baseball. Baseball, they can't even get to the part where they try to figure out what the rules are going to be about uh, health and safety because they're still arguing about money. Um, that is not going well. So, we'll Although, by the Pedro. way, the health and safety part of it, not going very well. Even if Oh, no, no, that's not going well either, but like, get it's a whole other deal. It's a whole other thing that has to be figured out. Once they figure out how many games we're going to play, how much salary you know, the players can take, and all this stuff, uh, currently I, the the owners said they will not respond or or move off of their 60, uh, 60 game plan that includes, uh, and this is important, a stipulation that the players cannot file a grievance against the owners if they take that uh, take that deal. So, um, we'll get into all that with Pedro at 1030. Also giving away a small stars figurine of LeBron James. And it's really cool. We tweeted out earlier. Um, and, uh, that's something that you want to get in on. We'll do that over the phones, 877-710-ESPN. Um, in the meantime, though, Andy, we're trying to figure out how exactly we're going to, uh, get these players into the pandemic bubble safely in Orlando. Um, it would be nice if they showed up COVID free and that's hard for every, like we forget these guys, these guys live in the world and some of them are out in it and people have been wet for, for reasons people might think are good. People might think are, are less useful in terms of the less useful, at least the way some people might view it. I give you Kyle Kuzma. Um, there was a TMZ report that he and a bunch of other folks were at a party on Wednesday, a, record release party for Tayana Taylor. And he was there with um, his new girlfriend, model Winnie Harlow. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was at this party. And the photos on TMZ, oh, oh by the way, uh, Cardi B and uh, Offset were also at the party with uh, their small child. Um, 
The party showed on the plus side, Kyle Kuzma indeed wearing a mask and also a hazmat suit because that was the theme of the party. I'm not even joking. Guests oh, got hazmat suits and masks on the way in which in and of itself, when the theme of your the party, man. when the theme of your party is it's not safe for you to be here, that lets you know in and of itself it's that this probably, is a bad idea. Probably not the, a good idea. Right. On the plus side, Kyle Kuzma wearing a mask. On the minus side, a lot of people in these photos, including at least in these particular pictures, his girlfriend not wearing a mask. Not a great look. For Kuzma. The reminder, it's also a reminder, folks, the mask is there to protect others. So kudos for Kyle for, for keeping other people safe. Um, it, it just, it, there is a, the challenge here of not just like once these guys get into the, like Kyle, Kuzma wants to go play. Like he's been very active on uh, social media talking about racial justice. He's also been very clear he wants to go play. Um but there's, you know, there's not just the stretch of time when guys are in the bubble. There's a stretch of time before they get there. And there is so much ground to cover between now and, you know, mid-July, end of July, when when the games would start being played and when training camps would uh, begin. This is sort of abbreviated training camps that are there. There's so much ground to cover. And I... I, I I think it's just impossible at this point to anticipate what this is going to look like and whether games can be played. I want there to be games. I want all of this stuff, but I I, I want it to be. I don't want it to be done at the expense of of the health of these players. Yeah, I mean I. There's a lot of risk that goes into this, and I think we are starting to, as sports, you know, inch closer to their theoretical start, really wrap our heads around the risks that are being taken. And, you know, also this is coming on the heels of, uh, you know, the protests that were going on in the last few weeks, that, you know, still going on, not to the same degree, but there had been a lot of athletes at these protests. Right. and. You know, while I think it is commendable that they were there, and I, I support them being there because it's over something important, the medical also, risks. There is, there's also the medical risks aren't exactly the same because you're outside. There's a lot of no, mask wearing, but they're still sure. there. Oh no, they're absolutely still there. I mean, certainly there was no social distancing, and while I think a lot of people were wearing masks, and I would say the the majority of people were wearing masks. There's certainly at least people, in California, right? And there certainly though were people not wearing masks. And then also, too, I mean, there, there have been players that have been, you know, participating in different runs and pickup games and workouts that are not entirely sealed off. And those those places also carry their own risk. It's all really just about yeah. what you what you are risking your health, you know, risking the odds of contracting covid for because all of us risk it every single time we leave our house. It really just comes down to the prioritization and I would say the record release party where you wear a hazmat, not the Probably, most noble yeah, it's, causes. Right, no, no. It depends, I, mean, I guess, on how good it depends on how good the record is, I suppose. I, well, this is my point. If you're going to do this for a record release party, it better be your own album. Or like if <laughs> or like your significant others. Like if if this was Winnie's, you know, his girlfriend, the model uh Winnie, if this had been hers, okay, Winnie Harlow's 
CD. Okay, you go to that. If it's Kuzma's, I wouldn't plan a release party, but you're definitely going to be there. But for somebody else's release party, Tiana Taylor, I don't, I don't even know who that is. That's just not worth the risk. Like that's not worth the look. If you, if Kyle Kuzma ends up testing positive, even if it wasn't from this, people are going to point to him it's, being at no, this party luck. and it's going to be a bad look for him. 877710 ESPN. Have you changed your, your kind of view on what you think? Of, uh, of these athletes being kind of put back into a quarantine, what what's how much are you willing to or wanting them to sacrifice for our sports? Uh, we'll do that next. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It's a Saturday morning happy hour, seven ten ESPN.